Now, with 1500ESPN.com Senior Web Editor and Resident Seam Head Derek Wetmore, presented by the Canopy Group for the best insurance coverage at the absolute best price. Uh, all right. Twins had a bit of a rough one this weekend in Tampa. Two, uh, the one on Saturday was legit. Like They just, the, they just imploded and they, they got smoked. But the, Derek Wetmore is in here from 1500ESPN.com and the Touch Mall Podcast. So Friday you had... You had a great comeback. Eddie Rosario grand slam on an 0-2 pitch. Max Kepler puts the twins up, and then the bullpen starts to get rickety. And uh, in the end, it was Zach Duke with either too small of cleats or not enough <laughs> yes. pitcher fielding practice. And yes. then, and then yesterday. So that was on Friday, and then yesterday you had Addison Reed really with his first blip on the radar after another twins comeback. So I don't know. Early in the season, you probably just have to crumple it up, throw it out, but uh, not ideal to get swept by a bunch of former twins, by the way, Denard Span, Gomez, and Wilson Ramos. Yeah, well, and, I mean, you're 8-8 eight and eight on the season now. The general thing that I always come to you guys with, and you get mad at me, I say this until the trade deadline, it's a little early. It's a little early to overreact. Well, let's not panic just yet. So, I mean, 8-8, eight and eight, Cleveland overtakes you. You get swept by a team that you thought was giving up this year. Not good. Not good. But I sent out a newsletter this morning to, uh, to my baseball subscribers, and I talked about the good news, bad news game. And we could play this all day uh, if we were not chasing news on the former wild general manager. I think we could have a lot of fun talking for 20 minutes of... Yes, but good news. Yes, but bad news. Yes, but okay. So Phil Hughes starts good. Phil Hughes outing bad. Ryan Presley comes in and puts out the fire. Good. He's looked great this season. Mm -hmm. The rest of the bullpen, mostly bad. Byron Buxton was off to a decent start. Good. Byron Buxton, headaches, migraines, disabled list, bad. So my point is just that we could keep going with this after just 16 games, and we could play that game all day long. I think we just have to wait before we make any big-time declarations. Let's see what happens. Four games in New York. This will be a good test for the Twins. And to your point, too, the bullpen was bad against in Tampa, but they were previously really pretty solid. Sure, they've had so, some good outings. So, you know, I saw tweets, this bullpen's worse than last. No, it's not. No, it's not. So let's just all calm down. I... And for as much as I might panic with this team... Hold on a second. Do we have that on tape? I'm trying to think about how to phrase this best. For as much as I might panic about some teams, this being baseball, and this is a good team. I don't know if they're great, but they're good. I think it's a good team. You all need you all need to just calm down. <laughs> and and plus, plus, I'm also gi- giving them some time here yes. because you played one game in something like seven days. Uh, and then sure. you came back and played uh, played two games in Puerto Rico, including one, one that went 16. My point being is the weekend wasn't very good, but I also don't look and say, "Oh my God, now it now it's a complete disaster." I yeah. give this time. You've got to give this time to settle back into playing on a daily basis, and then let's go from so there. So I've got two big takeaways from the weekend. One is that the Rays might not be as bad as we thought they were going to be. That they. <laughs> I'm serious. The Rays good. Yeah, they might. The Rays good. <laughs> My Monday morning radio appearance is bad, <laughs> but I think that they could be better than we think they are. And my second takeaway just came to me right now, and that's that Judd has a patience meter. Phil, are are you aware that Dave? Did you know about this? That that Judd has a patience meter. He just said that for as much as I panic about teams, and as much as I run general managers out of town in this market, 
Everyone else needs to relax. He's Aaron Rodgers. If they lose He's tonight, Aaron Rodgers. If they lose tonight, Judge firing Derek Valley. <laughs> Why they give Mulder a three-year contract? He go. Chuck got Chuck got nine years. Okay. If Derek gets he nine go. years and it don't work, then yes. I might change my tune. I just it's it sounds like the uh, Aaron Rodgers bit from a couple years ago. Judge sitting in this mm-hmm. chair. R e l a x, and that's. Judd, I'm, it warms my heart. It, I've been saying that for years coming on this show. Phil and I talk about it on the podcast. I'm the conservative. Don't overreact too early. Hey, small sample size. Be careful. And Judd is now on my side. It's, it feels good to have a teammate, Judd. Welcome aboard. I'm uh, at peace here. Welcome yeah, aboard. They, like, I think I actually take away, let's come back with this because uh, we're up against uh uh, we've been we ran long with uh, our last couple segments, so we'll, let's come back and keep this twins thing going here with Wetmore. There's one thing, not just from this series, but from the season so far in the limited games they've played that I really love about this team. Wetmore's hanging out. It's Mackie and Judd. If you missed it, find more about Chuck Fletcher out as Wild GM on 1500ESPN.com. So Wetmore's in here. We're recapping this twin series from over the weekend. The one thing I really like about this team in the early going, and not that it's indicative of like what they're going to do every night for six months, but falling behind in a game doesn't really phase this team. This team, whether it's two games against Tampa where they came back only to lose in the end because of bullpen implosions, Rosario, bases loaded Friday night, two strikes, and he pokes one out for a grand mm-hmm. slam. Uh, they came back in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. They came back again yesterday. This lineup keeps coming at you. You just because you have a five to two lead in the seventh or eighth inning on this team, and maybe have good relievers lined up, doesn't mean that you won the game against the Twins. Yeah, and that's a really good characteristic to have. And I don't think it's something that's just like a blip on the radar in April. They have a good lineup, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we started to see this trend last year with the Twins. I think two years ago. I mean, we all know how that season ended. I think you fell behind three to one, and it's the seventh inning, and you could pack her in. Like as a as a writer covering this team, I could start my column very confidently in the seventh inning and say this one's done. Two runs, they got two uh, elite arms out of the bull. No, they're not coming back on those guys. <laughs> Last year was different. Last year this team had some fight. Last year this team had whatever you want to call it, however you want to label it. No, there's not analytics to quantify this, but like this team had some heart. They did not give up in the late innings of close games last year. Uh, they fought their way back into some games that otherwise would have been blowouts, and you're starting to see that this year too. So positive. The good news, bad news of this is that, boy, they're falling behind a lot. Boy, they haven't gotten what they need to out of the pitching staff. That's starting rotation yeah. and bullpen. You don't want to be behind 8-1. to one. So that's part of it. The other part of it is that this offense hasn't gotten to where I think it should be. Yes, they're missing Buxton. You know, yes, Miguel Sano striking out his half his plate appearances, and and Logan Morrison's Logan done Morrison basically needs nothing. Like more than one hit per week to hey, to earn his salary. Got that home run. He did. Write that down. Hey, and, and that error got switched to a hit from um, hey, great. the Indian series. It's got five hits. Congratulations. Oh, sorry, four hits or five overruling hits. the official scores, please. Is that your whole life? Congratulations. I just think that this offense needs to do better. They've assembled a pretty good lineup. I think one through eight is like really solid. You're, you should be pretty happy with it, especially once Jorge Polanco gets back, and that's a little deeper. With that being said, they're bottom third of the American League in runs scored right now. And I know they've missed some games, but even when you adjust on a like a per-plate appearance basis – this offense is 11th or 12th in the American League right now, and with this pitching staff, 
that's not going to be good enough. The reason I said that this Twins team could win 90 games this year at the onset of the season was their pitching's going to be better, it's going to be respectable, and their offense should be one of the best in baseball. Right now, I think that's left a lot to be desired. So Santana comes back here when? Early May? Eh. May 15th-ish, let's say? If you made me pick between May 1st and June 1st, I'd say June 1st. Okay. He hasn't faced anyway, any. Like, has he faced a live hitter mm-hmm. yet? So he ain't pitching for a month. Anyway, my point being this. at what? How long do we go down the Gibby path? Because he drives me crazy. And I understand that every once in a while he'll be solid and we'll hear this is the new Gibby and Kyle's going to be. But how long do we go down that, that path? Because there are guys in, in this rotation, Derek, who I'm more than willing to be patient with and I sure. get it might take some time. I don't need to see a ton more here to know that, that he's a bullpen guy at best, possibly or or off the rotation altogether, or off the staff altogether. So how long do you ride this out before you say, okay, Santana's going to come back, and th- then I've got my top four set, and number five could very well be somebody else. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking to replace somebody right now, it's Phil Hughes. I mean, un- unless he can give you... I'm not even you, considering him, but yeah, that, yeah unless true. Yeah, unless he can give you that. better than what no, he gave right. you yesterday, he's out. I guess I'm talking about Kyle in particular here, because lo- long-term, I think Phil yeah. is a bullpen well, guy or gone. Well, if, well, Fernando Romero has been filthy so far for yeah. Rochester. He's 23 years old, so it, it ain't like... Five years ago, when right. you just like didn't have anyone, and to this replace is the path I'm going with. down. Sure. Like exactly a guy right. like this, yeah. And so, and I'm comfortable entertaining that discussion. I'm a bigger Kyle Gibson guy than I think just about anybody, and even people who cover this team. I think that there's something there. I think at his best, he's a mid rotation starter, and we need to get over this that he'll ever be a front end star. Obviously, he won't. He just doesn't have the pitches. He doesn't have the stuff. He doesn't have the track record. So, first round pick, okay. Set your expectations according to what he could possibly be now. On the best, I think he's a number three starter. At worst, I think he's out of the majors. He's just one of those guys that has that whole gamut that he can span. I don't know how how many starts the front office and the the manager and the coaching staff need to see from a minor leaguer before they say this guy would be an upgrade. That, to me, is the side of the equation that you focus more on, it, my personal opinion. Kyle Gibson needs to be better. You could say that about a number of pitchers right now, not named Jose Barrios. But the question isn't, is this guy good enough based on what you think he could be? It's, is this guy better than the next guy in AAA? Is he better than what Adalberto Mejia would give you right now? Is he better than Steven Gonzalez, Fernando Romero, whatever? Fill in your name of pitching prospect who's throwing in the minor leagues. Uh, or, or Irvin Santana, who's on the comeback trail. Or Trevor May, who's... You know, periodically updating us on his status and and is getting closer and closer. I've heard June first is the circle date on the calendar for that comeback. So the pitching staff as a whole can get better from outside arms. I think that the guys on the staff too they flat out just need to be better. So Gibson, this is why, like I'm not. I think I think Kyle Gibson winds up just moving on somewhere else after the season's over, and it's just going to be a, a a failed first round draft pick over over time here for the Twins, but. The reason why after three starts, even though there's been some some rocky portions, or is it four starts, whatever, three or four starts, he actually has the best swinging strike rate right now uh, of at any point in his career. So he's getting a ton of swings and misses relative to a year ago, two years ago. And so, so something is working. Maybe you could also just say that ah, it's April and hitters haven't caught up yet and let it play out sure. in May and June, but... As long as there's a little something there to what Derek's saying, I think like long term I'm on Judd's side with this, but I'm willing to let this play out for 
you know, the rest of April into into May and see what happens. Real quick, we got another couple minutes here with Derek yeah. Wetmore talking twins. So Byron Buxton has migraines. I know that you suffer from migraines, so maybe you can yeah. shed some. I'm not a guy who's had sure. migraines a lot in my life. Sure. It seemed a little quick triggerish to put him on the disabled list for 10 days after just like basically a day of migraines. And now all of a sudden he's very quickly after, what, a week down in Fort Myers getting some at-bats. Was this a way for the twins? Now, I'm not saying that he didn't have a migraine. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't think they're lying about that. But is this a really convenient way for the twins to say, you know what, really slow start for you. You're super pull happy again. This migraine is a good chance for you to sit on the sidelines for a minute and go get some at-bats in Fort Myers on a rehab stint to start feeling better about your swing. No, I wouldn't go that far. So I haven't spoken with Buxton after this latest round, but from what the reports that were being relayed from media and from the team, Fox Sports North had a bit on this yesterday, it sounds like it was really severe. Like, I, I get migraines, but not like this. Not like... You know, you're talking not only the regular stuff, the sensitivity to light and noise, and you just really not being able to communicate with people without your head exploding. But Buxton is like beyond that, where, you know, he's not able to get up and move around. I mean, it's that's some serious stuff. So I, I don't think that you would take a medical excuse as sort of a convenience way to step aside. I also think the Twins were in a good spot with Buxton, that... Add him eighth in the order. Let him earn his way back up in the lineup like we said they should have done last year. I think he's there as a hitter. I, I, like Obviously, there's a little bit more to go, but I think he's there. So I don't know that you just send him away. I think this was more of a case, Phil, of knowing, okay, man, if you're not good to go today and you're not good to go tomorrow, we can't just keep burning up a roster spot hoping you wake up feeling better. That If it's going to be a three-, four-, five-day thing, then it makes sense to go 10-day disabled list. A couple of those are off days. He's not going to miss all that much time and say, hey, just reset. I, I wrote this morning that you go ahead and take care of yourself first, physically, medically, and then the lineup considerations come second. So I don't know that I'd make the, that excuse. I know that it's a horrible thing to be dealing with, and from what I've read and heard, the stuff that he's dealing with is a lot worse than what I deal it with. It almost sounds concussion-like. It's it's. I, well, I mean, that's a speculation, right? I mean, he had that Percy-like, maybe. He well, no, not like that. He had that collision in the minor leagues with uh, former Gopher Mike Kwasnicka, right? That yeah, I, I think that could have extended impact. I've talked about this for two or three years with Byron Buxton. The recklessness with which he plays center field is both fascinating, like entertaining, awesome. Yeah. And also terrifying if you're the Twins. They, somebody hits a fly ball in the left center field gap at the wall, Buxton's going to catch it. But as a Twins fan, as a Twins front office member, as a Twins manager, you're holding your breath, right, every time he runs into that wall. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful for Buxton's sake that he gets over this, he's better quickly, and is able to return pretty much right away, which should be in a couple of days here. But also, the long term of this is sort of uneasy, uncomfortable. You're thinking... Man, is this going to be the last we've seen of this injury keeping him off the field? I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, durability hasn't exactly been a, a strong suit there, but we'll see if he gets uh, gets back in the next, I don't know, maybe he gets back after the road trip. Derek, good stuff, 15hardespn.com and the Touch em All podcast. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A dual operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.